great Odin's raven. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode 16. My name is Adam, and today I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. How you doing there, Kevin? I'm good. Uh, today we are going to be doing a monthly segment where we revisit a film we loved in our youth, but have grown to hate as an adult. We also have Ryan back with us to tell us about a movie we made him watch called Aliens in the Attic, in honor of this week's Men in Black 3 coming out. And finally, we'll be making our predictions for this week's opening films. And before we start off by getting into what we watched this week, I just want to go over two quick bits of news. First, uh, I wanted to see if you heard this business with Peter Berg. Uh, he's the director of Battleship. Uh, did you hear vaguely. about this thing? This uh, Okay, so he did, I guess it was a press junket for battleship and he was in israel and he had a very interesting interview with someone over there let me go ahead and play this because this is this is kind of interesting what the fuck is going to happen in israel what's a nickname for bob benjamin what do you guys call bb bb you got bb and who's his aren't the, the secretary of defense the defense minister Yes. You have two men that are now dictating the policy towards Iran. It's a real mess because you've got to decide whether it's better to allow Iran to be armed and whether a nuclear Iran is less of a threat than an att attacked Iran. You know, if, if you attack Iran now, they're going to fight you back, right? There's going to be blood. Israelis will die, right? Yes. No question. Would you rather take that now or let them get a nuclear bomb? It's the most serious issue facing our planet today. Well, more, more, more so than the movie Battleship, which you know, I'm very excited to have directed. And I love Rihanna. She's a great actress. She <laughs> did a wonderful job in the film. And my dad was a Navy historian. And have you been in the Israeli Army? No. What? How'd you no. get out of that? Are you a draft dodger? Ah, uh, how, how old are you? 25. You gotta join the army, motherfucker. <laughs> well, yeah, you How'd do. You it's, a long, it's a long, it's a What's long, it's a long story. Name? I'm Jason. Jason what? Holt. Jason Holt. Don't yeah. you have Holt? Doesn't sound Jewish. Uh, well, my dad's Jewish. Okay. My dad is too. You don't have to join the Israeli <laughs> army. You do. Well, how, when are you gonna join? Um. We're not having this conversation. It's, uh, <laughs> I feel like I was bombed. Pleasure. Pleasure. That was good <laughs> so that's Peter Berg. <laughs> no, I actually uh, like Peter. I like Peter Berg. I'm not a big fan of his movies, and I never. He did Friday Night Lights, which I never saw, and that never interested me. But uh, <laughs> I thought that that was like the most awkward, inappropriate interview. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> What? Uh, why is he discussing? You know, potential foreign policy, yeah, foreign policy and potential war between two countries. When he's supposed to be talking about battleship, I don't know. <laughs> I just I thought that that was funny, and I loved the, just the the little throw in. Rihanna's a great actress. Yeah, he, he, for a second so. there, for a second there, he remembers that he needs to talk about battleship. Mm -hmm. So he gets back to it. 
That's fantastic. What's uh, first on your list this week? I I just I had a bit of news too that I want okay. to see if did you hear about uh, John Waters? No. Oh, this is great. <laughs> uh, apparently, John Waters still likes to hitchhike. He's a big fan of hitchhiking, okay. and the Brooklyn band Here We Go Magic actually picked him up while he was hitchhiking on the highway. They were driving past, and they were thinking about picking him up. But, you know, who picks up a hitchhiker nowadays? Until they drove past him, and everyone in the van was like, that was John Waters. So they got off the highway, came back around, and picked him up. (laughs) Uh, I would pick up John Waters. Fuck yes, I would. I think that that would be, like, the most interesting story that you could tell anyone. Like, oh, I was driving down the highway and I saw John Waters, picked him up, gave him a ride to, you know, wherever, probably some seedy bar in Baltimore. Well, that's where he was, I think they picked him up in Ohio, and he was hitchhiking from Baltimore. Oh, I love John Waters. And I guess they drove past and the the sound guy was like, John Waters, and the other guy just goes, yep, definitely John Waters, and they circled back around, and they were like, where are you coming from? He said, Baltimore, and they said, get in, sir. (laughs) <laughs> and he he is apparently a noted hitchhiking aficionado and he told an australian newspaper in 2011 that it's a great way to have sex mm, okay so there you go john waters is old school he he rem- he remembers a time when hitchhiking was cool and the in thing to do and you didn't get murdered so I'm guessing that the entire band Here We Go Magic had sex with John Waters. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I just thought that that was like the best thing ever. I like, think maybe it's a prerequisite <laughs> where if you pick up John Waters, you're obliged to have yes, sex with him. <laughs> you have to. He probably oh, went over man. the ground rules. He's like, you know, if you put, if I get into your band, that you have to all have sex with me. And they're probably like, all right, fair enough. Well, you know what? <laughs> It'll make an interesting anecdote at some point at a cocktail party. <laughs> uh, I so thought you would you, enjoy that. Yeah, that was good. I'm a huge John Waters fan. I went to see him. John Waters uh, is couple, like a year ago, and he was just—he's uh, just a fascinating guy. I've read all his books. Yeah, he's great. I love John Waters. I could listen to him talk about <laughs> things for like just hours. He's just so interesting. <clears throat> Uh, did you see any movies this week? I saw a couple of movies. The first one I saw was 13 Assassins. Ooh, that's the Takeshi Miike, right? Mm-hmm. And what'd you think of that? You need to see it. Oh, I saw it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll I saw s- it a while back. See it again. I will. <laughs> I will see it again. <laughs> I, I loved it. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. And talk about a finale. Oh yeah, I was just oh gonna say. God. I was gonna say, pretty amazing climax to that movie. Yes, I mean they build up to it the into the, you know, the entire length of the movie, and then they just it crescendos. Yeah, I, I'm a well, you know that I'm a huge fan of Miike, and yeah, pretty much like he's definitely had some misses over the years, but mm-hmm. when you make like five movies a year, you know, yeah. there's it's to be expected that there's some failures, but. I'm really anxious to see the Phoenix Wright movie. I want to see that. I want to see that as well. I, that's one of the main things that I like about him is that he's always switching it up and doing different things. 
Yeah, like he'll do a horror movie, he'll do a gangster movie, he'll do something that's like completely off the wall, like that Happiness of the Catacuries or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the musical. Yes. Uh, great. He's I mean, just a really yeah. interesting guy, too. 13 Assassins, if you like samurai movies, this is definitely one of the best. Yeah. Just a fun... And I mean, it looks like an old samurai movie. Like, mm-hmm. if you gave that to me and you're just like, oh, this is a new Criterion release, you know, samurai movie from, like, the 60s, I've been... Yeah. I would have I been like, oh, okay. Amazing. A movie that's not so amazing that I saw this week. Now, I saw a whole bunch of movies this week, so I'm not going to talk at length about any one, but at least I'm going to try not to. The first one I saw was Hick with... Uh, Chloe Moretz, Blake Lively, Rory Culkin's in it for about two seconds, and Alec Baldwin's in it for about two seconds. Uh, this is directed by a guy <laughs> named Derek Martini. Uh, this is a complete train wreck of a movie, and it should probably be avoided. We reviewed it on the site. I think we gave it a two out of ten, maybe. Yeah, I think I got a two. Just not good. It's sort of all over the place. There's really no... The plot is just everywhere. And it's really hard to find the plot in this movie. Because you don't, you don't really know what the hell's going on. It's just a mess. Now, I did not see this movie. I saw the trailer for it. Now, when I was watching the trailer, you know, and of course they do where they sort of have the title, a title come up, like... Like they bizarre. did with funny games. Yeah. You know, they go through all the describers of what the movie is and it just kept going and going and going yeah. there, there's like eight things in there and i just remember thinking to myself this movie seems like it's going to be all over the place it is there's there's some moments to it where you're like oh wow like i like movies about white trash people and movies that take place and like the deep south and and stuff i don't know why but i always like those types of movies but this one is just not good at all and, and i was thinking i forget i think they say like absurd or bizarre or something like that is one of the titles that comes up and i was thinking that they probably have like one small scene that doesn't need to be there just so they could say that the movie was absurd I don't know if I would say it's absurd. It's kind of it's not even bizarre. It's there's some there's some slightly odd moments to it, but I would not say that it's really out there in any way. <laughs> so, definitely avoid that one at all costs. Don't just don't see it. I actually thought the trailer made it look pretty decent, but I was way off. It was so bad. Uh, well I will not be watching Hick then no also don't see Hysteria that's another one that I saw I'm not interested in this movie mostly because I do not like period pieces this is a period piece about the invention of the vibrator wow and it's one of those movies where if you see the trailer that is the whole movie the whole movie yeah that you can just watch the trailer and get just as much out of the trailer, like the story, 
in the trailer as you would by watching, like having to sit through the entire film. Oh, that's good to know. Well, I'll just watch the trailer and then I can add it to my watch list. There you go. And say that I saw it. You can. Nice. Because literally, like <laughs> the way that the trailer's structured, it's pretty much the exact same <laughs> as the movie. And there's a couple little tidbits here and there. I mean, there's this uh, sort of love triangle thing that's that's taking place. But it's completely unimportant, and it doesn't matter. And the movie's really bad, too, so... Uh, Maggie uh, Gyllenhaal's in it, and Hugh Dancy. Uh, it's not not very good. Not I, think very he, good. I think Hugh Dancy's married to um, Claire Danes. Oh, yeah? Pretty, pretty sure, yeah. That one's a skip. Oh, skip, oh, skip hysteria. Avoid. What was the other movie you saw? Uh, I finally got to see Fifty Fifty. Oh yeah, what'd you think of that? I enjoyed it a lot, a lot more than I thought I would. I was never really interested in that movie, and you know, I just wanted something sort of light, but it was <laughs> yeah, not. Light. <laughs> it was not light at all. But I thought it was. Uh, I've never had to deal with anyone, you know, having cancer or anything. But it seemed like a very realistic portrayal. Of how, yeah. of how it would be, you know, funny at moments, extremely funny at moments. Seth Rogen was hilarious in that movie. And mm-hmm. then just a downer at other parts. Amazing performance it's... by Angelica Houston in that movie. Yes, she was good in that. So it was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. He was really I, Well, I thought all the performances were really good, but I felt like Angelica Houston, like her performance, it felt very real. Um, in it, I don't know. It's just really, really thought she hit it out of the park with that one. It's definitely it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked that one quite a bit too. Uh, another movie that I did like, and I saw a bunch of horror movies this week. I don't know why. Um, they they all seem to be coming out around the same time, I guess. Uh, it's an Australian film called The Loved Ones. This was actually made in two thousand nine, but it's finally got distribution here in the states uh this is a a really it's a different kind of horror movie it's a lot better than what you would expect it's a lot different than what you would expect and it's completely over the top in every way if you're a fan of horror movies this is an absolute must see and if you're just a fan of um maybe like exploitation films or just films that kind of are controversial or or maybe tend to cross the line a bit. This one's definitely one to check out. It's, (laughs) it's insane. It's a crazy movie. Yeah. I'm going to have to check this one out. Yeah, you definitely should. Uh, I also saw apartment 143. This is a found footage film. Pretty much just a paranormal activity ripoff. Um, I didn't hate it. It did have some interesting concepts to it. It's about a group of paranormal investigators that go in and set up cameras all throughout this house and investigate it and stuff. It has a pretty cool twist at the end. It was I, Now, I didn't see The Devil Inside, but from what I heard, it was... Just a complete nightmare of a film. This this was actually put together a lot 
better. It did scare me. There were several scenes that were very tense and very scary. Oh, this was actually written by the director of Buried. Yes. Yeah, Rodrigo Cortez. Yeah. Um, It has some... The acting in it is kind of all over the place. Some of the performances are good. Some of them are horrible. The, I mean, you don't see a movie like this for the acting, though. Yeah. You see it. You see a movie like this to get scared. It, it definitely has that haunted house feel where there's tons of jump scares, a lot of moments of, um, like in Paranormal Activity, where they have the camera that's just sitting there and you're just watching a room that like nothing is happening for like two minutes and then something will pop out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they did a couple cool little tricks with the camera. It felt very real. Now with found footage, I think that there's always going to be somewhat of a disconnect with found footage movies when you watch them, because in the back of your mind, you're always thinking like, how are they going to explain that camera shot? How are they going to explain that? angle or you know whatever and they do a lot of cool little things sort of in the vein of in paranormal activity three when they put the camera on the oscillating fan yeah there's a cool with the cameras that they set up in this movie they're motion detectors so they only move when there's motion so there's like several scenes where like you'll see a shot and like it'll be still and then all of a sudden the camera will move but there's nothing there and then it'll start moving again and there's nothing there mm. so there's some cool stuff with that i would say it's worth watching if you liked the paranormal activity movies cuz it is not a blatant rip off but it is definitely a rip off pretty damn close yeah but it looks really good i don't know like i'm assuming it was a low budget film but uh they used all different types of cameras to get to get this i mean they used some real like cheap cameras they use some nice cameras so there's all kinds of it looks very good it looks authentic yeah. all right so apartment 143 yep. i might have to check that out at some point we're, too yeah we're gonna have a review for that up today i think mm, okay we're also Which, also gonna have a review up of Alina, which I saw. Oh, yeah? Yes. And I will. how was this? How was this? This was pretty good. It's it's sort of difficult. I'm going to have a tough time writing a review for this movie. Mm. Because it's Russian, right? Russian? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good, but at the same time, there's not much, there's not that many points that I can, you know, sort of point out to why it's good. Mm. You know, just like the overall tone is. Yeah, I mean, it was just I enjoyed it, but there was nothing that jumped out. I mean, it had some nice shots in it. The cinematography was great. Um, the performances were really good, but I mean, if you saw it, I think you would understand what I'm trying to say. It's not. There's nothing that really stuck out or mm. jumped jumped out from the movie that can make me that I can like grab onto and be like, this is why this movie's good. Yeah, um, that was kind of how I was feeling with Apartment 143. I was going to actually write the review for that, but I was, I sat on it for like a day or two, and I was like, I still don't know if I like this movie. Like, 
there were moments that scared me, but I just don't know if I liked it. So I was like, I'll just have somebody else <laughs> do a review for that because <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. Because uh, for me, Alina, because I was thinking, you know, I was telling my wife about it. I'm like, I really like, I like this movie. It was really good. And she was like, well, what do you think you would give it? And I said, like, uh, like a six and a half, which was odd because I really liked it, but I'm going to be giving it a six and a half, <laughs> which I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun one to write a review for. Scoring movies is, I mean, it's just so arbitrary. Like, oh yeah, your score changes, and I, I really wish we didn't have to score movies. And I guess technically we don't, but people like to read scores on movies, so yeah. Uh, another horror movie that I saw is called The Road. This is a Filipino movie. Uh, there's a review for that up, and I also have the review for the loved ones up too. If you want to check that out, uh, I liked. The Road. I didn't like it when I first started watching it. Um, it was about half an hour to an hour into it before it hooked me. But once it did, I was really, really engaged with this movie. The way that it's structured is really interesting. And it's the type of movie where I feel like they could have taken all the supernatural stuff out of it. And it still would have been a good movie. It still would have been um, kind of scary, and it still would have been a, an interesting watch. It takes place over two decades. So it starts in 2008, then it goes back in time to 1998, then it goes back 10 more years to 88, and then at the end it kind of goes forward to now and wraps everything together. Mm-hmm. And it's shot, like, it's three acts. And although they are sort of separate stories, they're all completely tied together with the same characters, uh, some of the same characters. Yeah, yeah. my and my wife really wants to see this movie. It's good. The acting is not great. And there's several moments that, like... Unfortunately, they fall to the the horror movie cliches of, you know, oh, your your car just breaks down out of nowhere on this road. And, and I know that that's part of the plot. Like, that's what the road does. It apparently destroys your car. But, like, there's these kids and it's like, okay, our car breaks down in the middle of this creepy dirt road. What do we do? Oh, yeah, we'll get out and wander through the woods. You know, like, Perfect idea. It's some of these, like the decisions that some of the characters make just defy logic. And Uh. they just, and they do that in so many horror movies where it's like, okay, obviously that's a bad decision, but we need to do it to further along the plot, you know? Yeah. And and it kind of goes back to like Cabin in the Woods, you know, where they kind of pointed that out and... Let's split up. Yeah. Perfect idea. Yeah, I I just uh, yeah I wish people, I wish they made more uh you know smarter horror movies, would be nice. I think they're getting there with it. I think um, there's a handful that come out every year that are really really different. The loved ones, even though the loved ones is structured similarly to a typical torture porn slasher type movie. 
it has enough things sprinkled in there that make it something really different and unique. Yeah. And, and that's what makes that stand out. I think that has like a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes as of now. So critics are loving that one. Mm-hmm. I'm a, yeah, I might have to check that one out. Uh, check it out. The only other movie that uh, I'd like to mention is The Dictator. I saw that Thursday, I guess. Oh, yeah? Uh, I liked it. It wasn't as good as Borat. I think Borat is one of those comedies that is destined to become a classic. That's going to be up there with, you know, all the absolutely hilarious classics. And The Dictator doesn't achieve that. Although I did enjoy it more than Bruno. The way that The Dictator is, is it's a traditional narrative. It's the way that it's put together is very, very by the numbers as far as comedies go fish out of water he meets the girl he ruins the relationship with the girl he gets her in the end all that stuff but uh sasha baron cohen is hilarious in it and i just really quickly want to go through the number of people that are in this movie so we have sasha baron cohen then we have john c Riley, ben kingsley uh jason manzukas he's the guy from the league he plays cousin Rafi. Yes. He's hilarious. Yes. He's probably the funny one of the funniest characters uh, in this movie. He, he is hilarious. Uh then we have Anna Ferris, JB Smoove, Gary Shandling, Chris Parnell, Edward Norton, Megan Fox, BJ Novak from The Office, uh John Glaser from Delocated. Yes. He he's the That's guy right. he he's John <laughs> from Delocated. Um Asif Monvi from The Daily Show, Horatio Sands, Chris Elliott, Fred Armisen, Bobby Lee, Nassim Padrad from SNL, and Catherine Hahn. She's in Parks and Rec, and she's in, like, a ton of other stuff. She's in, like, Wonder, Wonderlust, and she's everywhere these days. So the cast is huge in this movie. And it's funny because some of them have... One line, no lines. They're in it for like two seconds. But they were all really funny. Chris Parnell was really funny. He plays like a news anchor. But I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I think I reviewed it on the site and gave it like a six and a half. Yeah, my hat to, uh, yeah I want to see this one. I'm not usually into his movies. I don't, for whatever reason, I'm, not, I'm just not into them. But this I one, Borat. this one, I thought it was so funny. Borat was alright. <laughs> I actually didn't finish it. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't take it. It's just too much. I, I yeah. I mean, it's not a great. The Dictator's not a great movie, but it's there's a lot of gross out stuff. It's just offensive enough to be enjoyable without being like overly offensive, like um, how I felt Bruno was. It was just, it was solid. It wasn't, it was, wasn't great, but it was, it was good. I think that's it. Did you have anything else that you watched? No, no, I did not. Uh, let's do some Ryan Watches a Movie. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh, no. Magi. Crawl. The little kids got naked and had lots of sex. 
Welcome back, Ryan. What do we have you watch this week? Aliens in the Attic. The 2009 sci-fi opus epic Aliens in the Attic. This got a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's directed by... John Schultz. A guy named John Schultz. We'll talk about him in a minute. Let's go ahead and listen to the trailer for Aliens in the Attic, and then you can give us uh, your thoughts on it. There's the pool. See ya. The Pearsons were on the ultimate family vacation. Well, surprise, surprise, princess. What are you doing here? Vicky! Hey! Oh! <laughs> Whoa, what's up with the car? Lame. But there's one little problem. Someone else checked in first. Hello. Oh, shit. Please tell me you see that, too. We come in pieces. Peace. We attack the humans! On July 31st, it's the aliens. What the? Where do they come from? Versus the Pearsons. An entire fleet of those guys are about to invade. <laughs> oh. Don't got it. This guy doesn't fit in with the others. Everyone, gear up. In the main event. Gear up. With the rake. Of the summer. Bring it, Junie. Those things they shot at us, they're mind control plugs. We hereby claim your planet as our own. From 20th Century Fox and Regency Enterprises. Okay. Let me go ahead and I have a tiger. Let me go ahead and read the IMDb synopsis for this. Uh, A group of kids must protect their vacation home from invading aliens. Pretty straightforward. That is. That's all you need to know. It has Doris Roberts, Kevin Nealon, Andy Richter, Tim Meadows. uh, I'm pretty sure. uh, Yeah, Thomas Hayden Church, uh, J.K. Simmons. Actually, a, a good number. Antonio oh. Banderas, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Good number of um, people in this. I think most of the people I just mentioned were voices. Yeah. Um, What'd you think, Ryan? Well, I need to say that I haven't seen Small Soldier for like 20 years, but I'm pretty sure that this is Small Soldier for young people right now. Yeah, you know, when I saw the trailer, I remember thinking, like, oh, this looks like Small Soldiers. I remember you and I went to see that in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That, that being said, um, what I really thought was the trailer, the Die the Tire song, that was the best part about this movie. So they play that. They play that in the movie itself. No, no. Oh, okay. What I heard from the trailer right now, that was actually the best part of it. <laughs> okay. Nice. So what happened? Did the kids win? Did they like? Where did the aliens don't, come don't from? Ruin it. Well, basically, it starts out with. Andy Richter and Kevin Nealon are brothers. And they each have Kevin Nealon as one girl, or two girls and one boy. And 
Andy Richter has three boys. And Andy Richter has two twins. And they're officially known as the twins. Clever. Like, they don't call them by name in this movie. They call them the twins. One of Kevin Neon's daughters is Ashley Tisdale, who is pretty famous for being a Disney uh, a Disney personality. Mm-hmm. Like she was on all kinds, she's on all kinds of Disney Channel shows, which leads me to even believe even more. That this is a kid's movie, like a straight kid's movie, and should not be entertained by anyone over the age of 10. It did look like a kid's movie. I'll give it that. This is ridiculous. It was, there were so many holes in the story. It just kind of felt like they sat down when they were running this, and they were like, oh... How do we do this? I have an idea. We'll just do something and fill in the the holes in the story because they're everywhere. The story doesn't make any sense. There's just like random acts that fell off things that don't make sense. Looked like there was a lot of uh, like sight gags and physical comedy and that type of thing like when they take over the grandma's uh like body or whatever and move her around and make her do all kinds of crazy stuff like the body the remote control where it controls the people they do that they do that to ashley tuesday's boyfriend and in the movie I'm pretty sure she must be a junior or senior in high school. And you come to find out that her boyfriend is actually a senior in college, not high school. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that's illegal. It could be, yeah. <laughs> Multi layered. Yeah. <laughs> This movie's dealing with all sorts of things. Yeah, it sounds like this is a pretty deep film. It sounds like it gets into some issues here. Uh, Let's talk about John Schultz, the director. This guy, let's go over his filmography, because it's a great one. Judy Moody. (laughs) Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer. Um, We have, then we have Aliens in the Attic, The Honeymooners, When Zachary Beaver Came to Town. Never heard of that one, but I kind of want to see it. Like Mike, uh, Drive Me Crazy, then a movie called Bandwagon, and The Making of Jurassic Park. <laughs> nice. He wasn't That's... actually, he, he didn't do the Jurassic Park film. He did the making of it. Yeah, yeah. He did the That's making right. of documentary. Well, that, uh, the movie that you mentioned before, the When Zachary Beaver Came to Town, that stars Jonathan Lipnicki. Uh, Do you remember Jonathan Lipnicki? Yeah, from Jerry Maguire, I see that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jenna Maroney. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, I love the synopsis for it. I think we should have Ryan watch that at some point. Let's see. Just for fun, let's go ahead and read that. Zachary Beaver, a sideshow attraction, also known as the world's fattest boy, arrives 
in the sleepy town of Granger, Texas. That's that's coming up for you, Ryan. And, and that's that's it. That's what that's it. Like, that's what it says. Well, Sean's about a pie, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> so terrible. And I, I'm just looking at like the the cover. I'm guessing it's like a DVD cover or whatever. You know, the bottom bottom left. There's like a fat kid. He's not that fat. No, and it looks like the worst fat suit mm-hmm. ever created. Yeah. Well, if they came to your county, they wouldn't need fat suits. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, he, his head's not even fat. He has a normal-sized no. head. No. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a story about being friends through thick... And thin. Uh, oh, shit. Get it? I want to see that. Emphasis on the thick part. How are the actor performances? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> how is the other? <laughs> how, I mean, like, what, what, uh, Kevin Nealon and Andy Richter are good at, like, I mean, I don't want to say they're good actors, but they're they're good comedic yeah, actors. They're, yeah, they're, they're believable and somewhat funny. But, and, but, I mean, Tim Meadows, he was, I guess, alright as an actor, but his role didn't, like, what he, he plays a cop, and... Like, halfway through the movie, he comes to the house out of nowhere to arrest the kids for calling them one and hanging up. Or not hanging up, providing a false accusation of what's happening. I'm looking on here, and I said earlier, and I gave Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones as actors, but it's archive footage. So they're not actually in this. It's just, they must have been... Was there, like, a scene where they were watching one of the Zorro movies or something? Um, not that I remember. It must have been, because it says here, Zorro archive footage, so they they probably weren't in the movie. I thought that maybe they did voices, but that's not the case. The kids were probably having a Zorro movie night, and then the aliens popped up out of nowhere. You ruined their night. They were having and a Zorro marathon. And there was probably one alien that probably did like a little Zorro thing. That tie it all together. Oh, man. There were, there were four aliens in this. And three of them were very aggressive, mean aliens. And one alien befriended one of the children in this. Uh, the laid-back alien. Just yeah, so the stoner alien. They provided even more of a plot twist. Was it Thomas Hayden Church that was the good alien? Taser? I should, yes, that was him. There's, enough? there's Taser, Sparks, Skip, and Razor. Oh, uh, wait. I, I want to say it was the Sparks or Taser. I can't remember. Sparks is joy is voiced by Josh Peck, who you may know as Josh from Drake and Josh. This I have no idea what that is. Drake and this Josh. This movie. He's in the know. he was in the Wackness. He was the main guy in the Wackness. Okay. I still don't know Drake. And, was, I, well, I don't know what Drake and Josh. Oh, it was some show on Nickelodeon. Oh, okay. Like you big... see the one that uh, 
was in that Karen Calkin movie. Oh, oh yes, Bully. Or was it yeah. no, not Bully? Was it no, not Bully? bully. Mean, oh. mean Creek. Yeah. Yeah, that was him in Mean Creek. He was he was the bully in Mean Creek. He was also in ATM, which just came out not too long ago. We have that reviewed on the site. Not great that one, but he's going to be in the Red Dawn remake as well. Mm, okay. If that ever comes out, I heard that that was done like years ago, but it just hasn't been released or whatever. So that's uh, not great things about aliens in the attic, huh? No, there's no good things about it. Are you serious? No, I, why would that, uh, why the fuck would I watch this movie? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm here to say you better not. What What did you do? You think this was better than Men in Black Two? Um, because I know you I would have a hatred for Men in Black Two. A little better, but it's <laughs> also. Wow. It's also kind of hard to compare them because one's a kid movie and one's supposed to be, I assume, Men in Black's more for teens. Yeah, Men in Black, I I don't know. I think that that's, I don't think it's, I wouldn't call it a family film, but it's kind of just it's definitely, for it's everybody. definitely family, family friendly though. Yeah, for sure. Well, you have anything to add before we give you your drum roll? Don't even fucking waste your time. There we go. Unless you're, unless you're <laughs> under Ryan, the age. Ryan's catchphrase. Uh, unless you're under the age of 10, don't waste your time. 590 people do like this on Facebook, though. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these Yeah, and I'm sure none of them are of the age of 10. Maybe maybe a lot of soccer moms in there that like it. All right, well, here's your drum roll. What did you give Aliens in the Attic? Five. Five out of ten for Aliens in the Attic. There you have it. Five. I'm surprised by the five, I have to say. Well, it was a little more tolerable than this. It's something watching on that's good. But it wasn't, like, awesome. Adam, we're heading in the wrong direction. <laughs> I know. We're going to, next week, we're going to pick something really bad. Like, from, and it's going to be old, too. Gonna pick uh, some, yeah. I'm going to pick something old and bad and French. Yes. God damn. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have a couple ideas, actually, because I wanted to start getting him to watch more like foreign art house movies so i'm gonna keep an eye out for when it's like director's birthdays coming up mm. okay and pick one pick some uh some old french movies and just i want to see ryan's take on them there you go i want to see if they score be, higher yeah. than aliens in the attic <laughs> <laughs> oh, well God. if you want to own your own copy of aliens in the attic because i know you do head on over to our site and it'll be available on the store and there'll be links in the Ryan watches a movie section. I think that does it. Thank you very much for watching that for us, Ryan, and we'll have you back next week. All right. See you later. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Let's talk about some Amazon deals to get these incredible deals. Just go to our site at filmpulse.net and either click the Amazon banner and shop as you would normally 
or click on the store link and check out some of our favorites and what we've been talking about on the show. Uh, first up, we have all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies on Blu-ray for eight ninety-six each. I know you're going to be. I know you're going to be jumping on this one. <laughs> nice. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I think I liked the first one, but I thought all the other ones were were kind of whatever. But eight ninety six each, Blu-ray. It's a good deal if you're if you're a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. That's definitely one to check out. And then we have Big Lebowski limited edition Blu-ray book twelve forty nine. I'm definitely going to pick that up because I don't have Big Lebowski on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's a, that's a good deal. Yeah, and it, I like those Blu-ray books. Those are cool. How it has, it's it's like a hardcover book and it has notes and liner notes and stuff in it. And then we have Forgetting Sarah Marshall Blu-ray, seven ninety-nine. I like that movie a lot. Actually, I thought it was really fun. That's like one of my dad's favorite movies. Really. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, he just loves that movie. I don't really understand why. Wow. And then we have Justified, the second season, twenty five ninety five on Blu-ray. And that's on sale from $55. So if you need to get caught up on Justified, which is a fantastic show, you can pick it up. On the cheap, on Amazon. Let's talk about a movie that we loved in our youth, but now have grown to hate with a passion Ooh. as an adult. Ooh. And we need to come up with a good name for that segment. Right? I think I think <laughs> the longer it is, the better. <laughs> the longer. Just well, a, okay. rambling, so, a rambling run-on sentence. Next, next, uh, next month, we'll, I'll come up with something that's even longer. It'd be like a Just, ten minute long description. And then we'll turn we'll turn it into an anagram. That doesn't there we make go. It, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so what is we'll start with you. What is your movie you loved as a youth but hate now? Uh mine is from nineteen ninety five and it is called Mortal Kombat. Oh Test your might. <laughs> Test your might, indeed. Mortal yeah. Kombat. Oh, my God. I remember seeing this the day it came out in the theater. I think we, I think we talked about this before, that we actually saw it at the same place, but we went separately, and we didn't know. Yeah, I think so. Because we I saw remember... it at the Delco Plaza. Yeah, Delco Plaza. Went with my cousin... And we just loved it. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, back when I saw it at Delco Plaza, which, <laughs> Delco Plaza, ridiculous <laughs> place. To give you an idea, it was a mall that had a movie theater in it, and that was really the only reason people went there. It was just, it was a movie theater and then dead shops. No, just yeah, there's desolate like wasteland. I think they have like an indoor, uh, like miniature golf some reason i think that they have that yeah is that even there anymore <clears throat> yeah well they rebuilt it completely changed it i think it's actually doing well now but yeah it was like a barren wasteland for a good number of years now this was because i think mortal kombat destroyed it i think <laughs> that's what happened i think i saw all the teenage Mutant ninja turtles movies there too <laughs> yes 
Yeah. So, now I think I, I I think we talked about this before too. Now were you into the books as well? Did you read the, the books, the Mortal Kombat books? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the sticker books and stuff. What uh, were those? What were those? They were called some like Panini books or something. I forget what they were. Some, called. Something. And but yeah, like, I had, like, I had the, middle, the the paperback novel. <laughs> oh yeah, the novel, the novelization, the film novelization. Yeah, I had uh, all that stuff. I was so into Mortal Kombat. I saw it again, like uh, um, maybe a couple years ago, and I was like, "Wow, this is like one of the worst movies I've yeah. ever seen." Like, this is just as bad as the Super Mario Brothers movie or Street Fighter or Double Dragon. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I now normally I don't like to go back to movies from my childhood because I don't want to soil the memories of them. But I think I remember catching this like it was on TV or something, and I was like, "Oh, this will be fun and nostalgic." And now Mortal Kombat has been ruined for me forever. Yeah, still as a, <laughs> I still like the soundtrack. I'll still I still dig the soundtrack <laughs> just because, just because of the nostalgia of it. This was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. This was like one of his first movies. Yeah, I think it. Yeah. And he it went on. Second. He went on to do some great things like Death Race and Aliens vs. Predator and all the Resident Evil movies. Mm-hmm. I think he's married to Mila Jovovich. And it's like on paper, you look at the Mortal Kombat movie and you're like, wow, that's terrible cast. Terrible director, everything about it, not good. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I remember from this movie was the one scene where they're it's fighting uh, Sub Zero, and he takes you know the the buckets of water mm-hmm. and spins in a circle, you know, to get the centrifugal force, and then throws mm-hmm. the water when Sub Zero does his freeze. And it, you know, freezes the water that's coming at him and it goes right through him like a spear. Yeah, I remember that. Badass. I thought that was the coolest thing I ever saw in my life when I was a kid. I still think that they should have made it rated R. <laughs> yeah. I think that was should've. their bi- I think that was their biggest mistake, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now I remember this was because I remember like I was really into Mortal Kombat. And I know you were too because of uh I remember fourth grade. Game Gear. I would bring in my Kombat. yeah. I would bring in my Game Gear, and we would just sit there and play Mortal Kombat forever. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Put the little code in at the beginning. The blood code. Yeah, hell yeah. Two one two down up. I still remember it. <laughs> ah, Mortal Kombat. How do I still remember the Mortal Kombat blood code? Tell me that. I don't know. It is odd, the things that you remember. Well, <laughs> that that we all remember really. It's like I'll remember something. It's retarded like that, but I can't remember that I had to stop at the grocery store after work. Yeah, I know. So, anything else to add about MK MK One? Uh, no. Now, what about now? What about Mortal Kombat <laughs> Annihilation? Did you like Annihilation? I don't think I did like Annihilation. Because I, I remember I went to see it with Ryan. And uh, Matt Ensminger, <laughs> Matt No Friendsminger, and I—I I don't know if they liked it, but I remember being very disappointed with that, with the second one. I remember not liking it. 
I think it was because there's no uh, Christopher Lambert in it. And Johnny Cage dies like in the first scene of the movie. I remember that. But they, oh my God, they replaced Christopher Lambert with James Remar, who they plays know. who plays uh, Dexter's father. That's right. <laughs> wow. Hell that's, yeah. That's terrible. Upgrade. <laughs> David. Well, Annihilation well, fucking had it had Chinook in it. What? I, I, don't, I really don't remember Annihilation too much. I remember Reptile being in it, but it wasn't. He wasn't like he was like an actual like CG lizard oh, thing. Oh, that's awful. And it was like really bad. Oh, Nightwolf was in it. Nightwolf was like the worst character in Mortal Kombat ever. He was he the the Native American? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was terrible. I Dude, I mean, it had everyone. Cyrax. Oh man, yeah, I, this... I remember Cyrax. I I need Mortal Kombat right now. I want to play Mortal Kombat for the rest of the day. Smoke, Brain, Ermac, Ermac. I completely they're all, forgot. They're all in Annihilation? Yeah. I don't remember all of them being in it. Wow. Might have to revisit Bar- Baraka. MK2. Baraka. Okay. My movie is from 1990. Yes. I, I loved it. It was... Oh, I just... I loved it so much. And I remember my parents hating it and not understanding why I loved it. It's a film called Problem Child. Uh, mm. Now, if you don't remember Problem Child, it's about a kid who... It's like Dennis the Menace, but he's kind of more evil, I guess. Because Dennis the Menace is like kind of a good-intentioned prankster or whatever yeah but junior from child's play is just kind of an evil little bastard <laughs> and it's and it stars john ritter jack warden the the kid that plays junior's name is michael oliver uh gilbert Gottfried was in it and uh, by the way as a side note i looked up michael oliver oh, that's what i was doing right now to see what <laughs> What he looks like now, <laughs> and he he's a scary looking guy right now. Wow, he really, he didn't do anything. No, no, he didn't do anything. But if you look on Google Images, you can find a picture of him now, and he's like he has like long hair, and he looks real. Here we goth go. And... Here we go, Google. So this is directed by a guy that you probably know, maybe not by name, but if you saw him, his name's Dennis Dugan. He dire- he also directed uh, Happy Gilmore, Grown Ups, Big Daddy. Um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. He's going to be doing oh, Grown Ups too, and he's also an actor. So you've probably seen him in some other titles mm-hmm. that he was an actor in. He was, I think, he directed Jack and Jill as well. Uh, Dennis Dugan. So yeah, he- you mean like? So what you're saying is just like quality films. It looks like at some point he jumped on the Adam Sandler camp and and he oh he directed Saving Silverman, which was on TV yesterday. Oh my god, that is like one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> yeah, so he he did he directed Beverly Hills Ninja. Nice. I, 
which I liked, but that might that might be coming up on a future episode. Uh, he just did so many movies. Yeah, he ha- he has done like every single Adam Sandler movie. Jeez. Yeah, you don't mess with the Zohan, the Benchwarmers. Just, just go See? with it. He did everything, and Problem Child. I mean, all those movies that we just mentioned, for the most part, are are completely horrible. But I'll tell you, in preparation for doing this episode, I watched Problem Child because it it was probably like twenty years since I've seen this movie, and it was so bad. I barely got through it. Michael Richards is in it too. He plays the bow tie killer, and. <laughs> It was just a complete <laughs> fucking mess. It was so bad, dude. Like, and they made a sequel. They made three of these Problem Child movies. Oh, jeez. I think the third one might have been made for TV or straight to video, but the second one was in theaters because I remember really, really wanting to go see that because <laughs> they brought the they brought the girl. There was like a a problem child that was a a girl. Her name was Trixie. Your dad was probably like, no, nope, not happening. We're not going to. <laughs> you mean to tell me you want to see a sequel? Of that? <laughs> now, when you finished it the second time around, yesterday or whenever you did, you immediately call your dad and be like, "Dad, I'm sorry." No, but I, I, think I, I, I will. I completely understand what you're what you were trying to tell me back then. I think I will do that. Cause he's, it, he's gonna be so confused. I just I just did a like a half hour face palm. <laughs> <laughs> like what was I thinking? No, uh, you know it was nineteen ninety. So that's the that's the best part about doing this segment is there's always an excuse. You know we we were young. We well, were, yeah, that's what you probably you would have been like seven. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Your seven-year-old self had terrible taste. Well, that that uh, kid, John Oliver, he's like right around our age, I think. So, Michael, I think he was Oliver. Michael Oliver. When I say John Oliver <laughs> from The Daily Show, <laughs> uh, yeah, like he's, I think he's just a couple years older than us. So, it was definitely a relevant movie and when you're that age when you're like seven eight years old you're like in that kids rule you know like grown-ups suck (laughs) you're in that whole mentality where you just everything like i remember i love the movie blank check too (laughs) well that's funny because i'm looking you know i have the imdb imdb page open for problem child and they have the little people who like this also liked and blank check is one of them here we go so and I just love that the tagline on the front is, if you loved Home Alone, you'll love Blank Check. I haven't seen... It wasn't Sinbad in Blank Check? Was that Sinbad? Or was that... Uh, no, I might be thinking of the one where he's like the Secret Service guy. And uh, it's like the kid that's like... I can't remember the name of that movie either. Blank At any check. rate, Problem Child... Is not a good movie. What? Tone Loke is in blank check. Maybe maybe I was getting Sinbad mixed up with Tone Loke. Tone Loke plays Juice. Hmm, okay. Juice. 
I, well, I remember the guy that gave him the blank check was the bad guy from RoboCop. Or, no, he wasn't the bad guy in RoboCop, but he was in one of the creators of RoboCop. Nice. Let's move on. Let's do some predictions. Let's go over what we had. And you sweeped. You sweeped last week. Nice. So, first we had the dictator. You said 67. I said 72. Current score 61. Oh, yeah. Then we had the Samaritan. You said 42. I said 50. Actual scores 24. And I should mention that these are all Rotten Tomatoes scores. I'm thinking maybe at some point we'll move over to Metacritic, but for now we'll just stick with Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Battleship, you said 24. I said 23. Actual score 36. I can't believe it's actually that high. Yeah, I've been hearing nothing. Who, but terrible, yeah, terrible things. who the hell? Some people got paid Maybe. to say good things. They had to. There's no way that's a good movie. Give me a break. Maybe. Um. Well, I, we should be having our review up today. Uh, Chad's kind of dragging his feet with it because I know Chad gives it higher than a two. What do we do? <laughs> like, what, what, like, Fire what do we, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the. F- <laughs> you fired. Yeah. You've been uh, higher than it's you. I hope so. That. Then we have what to expect when you're expecting. You said 17. I said 40. Actual 22. Surprised that's uh, high as well. I, thought that, I, I didn't think it was just going to be good, but I thought it'd be higher. And then we have Beyond the Black Rainbow. You said 80. I said 73. Actual 70. So. Ooh. Out of all those, oh, uh, you get, well, you, I lost you one. Got, you got four out of five. You get four out of five. Ah, uh, I want to see Beyond the Black Rainbow so bad. I know, like so bad. I didn't uh, read any reviews on that one because I'm waiting to see if it is going to be coming out or what's going on with that. I think it got like an extremely limited release. Mm-hmm. So. Let's do movies that are coming out this week. We have Men in Black 3. Men in Black 3. Hmm. Give that like a 70. So you're thinking that people are going to like that, huh? I think. I think. Um, I'm thinking people are going to like it too. I'm going to say 75. Ooh. Alright, alright. Then we have Moonrise Kingdom. Um, 140. <laughs> I'll do this first. Uh, I'm going to say 93. I'm so biased. <laughs> Me too. Because I, I, I don't care. I just, I, I'll give it a, like 100%. But um, Rod Tomato score will probably, what do you say, 93? Yeah. Damn, that's a good number. I say 91. And then we finally have Chernobyl Diaries. This is a horror movie. Actually, it doesn't look too bad, but I have a feeling it's not going to be very well reviewed. I think my, yeah, my wife wants to see this. Looks interesting. I don't know if I'm really into it, but I'm going to give that like a 48. I'm going to say lower, and I'm going to say 43. Ooh. I bet it's going to be lower than that, but 
<laughs> I'm gonna stick around your score just to play it safe. Play it smart. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play it smart. All right. I think that does it. That's another show. Problem child. Go see Problem Child. Check it out. <laughs> and Mortal Kombat. Oh, <laughs> uh, do a twofer. Yeah. Double bill. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine that? Uh, It'll be a disappointing day. Let me <laughs> just put it that way. You're You'll gonna... be excited. You'll be excited at first. You'll be like, yes, Problem Child, Mortal Kombat, two movies I loved. You're going to watch it, and you're just going to shake your head in shame. Yeah. You're just going gonna to punch yourself. Well, for all the latest film news and reviews, head on over to filmpulse.net. And we want to hear your feedback and suggestions. Send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net or call our amazing voicemail line at 850-391-6075. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that greatly. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Tuesday for DVD and Blu-ray releases. Oh.